Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Vinyl Divers. I'm your host, Anthony Mullen. What is up? Thank you for coming back. We had a fun uh, album last week. We went into part of my childhood as I went over the Beatles, Meet the Beatles. And I'll tell you, I'm more curious. I'm, I'm hoping that some of you actually went out and did play it or spin it if you had it. If not, it's okay. But I got a cool uh, episode for you today. It's something different. It's the first time. It's going to be called a uh, single spotlight. And that is we're going to be focusing on a single song by an artist that I have not heard of rather than actual single like 45. So it's just a single song and it's a first impressions. I've never heard the song. Um, come to find out, I, I, I have technically heard of the band, but I didn't know it was them when I heard it. So it was cool and kind of felt sort of meta. I don't know, maybe wrong word to use, but I was given today a song called All That I Bleed by Sabotage. Someone got themselves a letter in the mail the other day. It's all ready, worn, and tattered, and I guess it gives away all the things we keep inside. All the and so, what you just heard was a little bit of piano, very soft. It kind of has this power ballad feeling, and that's kind of what I was expecting. But then as you're listening to the full song, it goes on a lot longer just than just that 30 seconds. It has this buildup of a piano chorus. And then you're just like, all right, maybe this is more of a classical piano song. And the person that requested this or kind of more or less recommended the song, I kind of saw where it was coming from, but it still was throwing me off because I was expecting it to get heavier but then it wasn't. It kept kind of dragging. But it wasn't dragging and boring. It wasn't like, oh, it was more like, this is nice. I enjoy it. But it's throwing me off because it seems like there's something missing in the song. And then that's where halfway through it, it seems, you hear this drum and this guitar come blasting in and the vocalist just let loose. And I'll say is that my notes very at the beginning where this is not what I was expecting the piano and the vocals they sound like they're being restrained but it wants to break free but like you know the piano was keeping going but then when this rest of this band comes in it's just boom and you hear the vocalist just like ah I thought he was meant for an arena rock concert and that's what they brought it's I feel um, it, it's kind of like if you were to see this song being played live you could see where I don't know, maybe the singer is the one playing piano. Maybe, because now that I know who the band is, I can see it. Maybe he's the one singing and playing piano. And then you can see maybe just like the single spotlight on this this part. And then as the band comes in, you just see like lights flashing in as the whole show goes from the single piano to this whole band rocking out. And it was really cool listening to it. As the song goes on, you get this crazy uh, 80s arena rock 
the voice is killer and the guitars are playing in unison. I'll say uh, you can hear multiple guitars going on. It was really fast, fun riffs. Uh, riffs it had like a really nice major poppier uh, chord progression, but it still sounded 80s metal. And what I'll say is that I like how the guitarists will play in unison in the sense that they're both playing the same lick, but they're uh, playing harmonies with each other. And they were just like, it sounds like they're maybe like an, uh, maybe like a fifth or like a major third apart from each other. And they're just up and down on the, on the solo together in unison. And it's perfect. It sounds wicked crazy. And you could tell like these two guitarists are either one, if they don't know each other, they're on a caliber that they can play that good. And with anyone or two, these two are guitars that have been, that have been friends for a very long time. And this is just because they know how to jam with each other and they know how to play off of each other. And they know what each other's thinking as musicians. I think I've had that with certain friends playing guitar with There's certain friends at, um, when you go to play music, there's a connection where, um, you, you're on a wave, you're on a different wave length. You're not just, you, impressing each other with what song you know it's more or less you're consistently jamming and flowing into the next song and you your your friends are playing songs that you wanted to play before you got to play them and that's what these two seem like when they're jamming and that they're they're doing a solo that good and that little crazy and just that consistent in, t- in sync it was very uh very impressive and then whatever guitarist did go into it there was a uh, guitar solo that rips in, but there's like this little like riff thing that the guitar does before it goes into the full solo. And it, it's cool because it almost has, um, I can't tell, but it's almost, I can't tell if it's manual or an effect pedal, but it almost has this delayed reverb echo. And I don't know if it's just the guitar is just like doing it manually, like just strumming and palming it maybe or if there was a pedal involved, but that effect was really cool. And then the song concludes with this beautiful piano at the end. And it's just like a perfect bookcase ending. Like, here you go. We're taking on a journey. The vocals are killing it. Solo's rocking it. As it brings it back down, piano comes in. And you can just see the rest of the band just kind of fades away back into the back into the background. And it's really cool. And after listening to it, the band sound familiar. I'm like, all right, who is this? They told me it's the band named Sab- Sabotage. But I probably would also know them as the Transiberian Orchestra. I don't know what band members were the same or different, but I can totally hear the influence now where the piano was more of a classical sound rather and had this real melodic flow in the, the vocals in the 80s hair metal influence. I mean, I've seen Transiberian Orchestra like five or six times. And just one 80s concert, just playing Christmas music, essentially. So I totally see where the influence is. And if that's how their music is before they became the, the TSO, I want to check out the rest of these albums, see what kind of music they had there. Um, I was told it was kind of prog rock, and they did kind of have a narrative going through each of their albums, which is one of the reasons I love the TSO. Uh, next winter, definitely going to have to re- uh, go over their albums. But... You know, I love that whole storytelling aspect, and if I get some sweet '80s hair metal with it, shit, it's no, it's a no-brainer in my book. But hey, anyone, uh, real quick, I'm gonna take a commercial break right here.
Yeah, and even though this is a podcast about video games, it's a podcast for everyone. Every Friday here on the BICBP Radio Network. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you listen to it whenever you're on the way to work, whenever you're on the way home from work. And when you get in and you put that video game in and you hear that disc spinning around, you might as well just realize you can't start any game without pushing start. And we're back. And I just want to say uh, thank you for sticking around. I know we only had a uh, single spotlight today, but next week I have a cool album lined up. And uh, when you're done listening to this, check out the BICBP uh, radio network. We have podcasts for everyone. And I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>